following is a production of the Lance J Radio Network and Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. The opinions and views expressed on Agree to Disagree are certainly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network or NBC Sports Radio. What's going on, everybody? We are back again. Yes, sir. Another episode of Agree to Disagree. Mike Jones, John Brown. Got some good stuff to talk about today. Yes, uh, last week we agreed on something, but the world kind of disagreed. What was that? We, we agreed that the Saints were for real. <laughs> and, and real the, life disagreed with And us. real life disagreed with us. Well, honestly. That, that was... That was we're gonna come back. To we're gonna come, yeah. We need to come back to that. We are. We're gonna get into a lot of NFL talk. Okay. Today. All right. All a right. lot of NFL talk today. So. Okay. Before we get back to that, though, we're gonna stick in the NFL, but we gotta start with the big news of the week. Yeah. Seems like at least once a season we we have this discussion mm-hmm. or a discussion on a similar subject. Okay. If you can't guess where I'm going already. By just simply by my tone and the lead-in, we're talking about what happened revolving around Kareem Hunt. Yes. Yes. Now, last time we talked, Kareem Hunt was a gamefully employed NFL player. Yes. That is no longer the case. Uh, he was gamefully employed and and thought of as many as maybe a top five running back in the league. Yeah, top five sounds fair. Top five. That sounds fair. Mm-hmm. Now he's not in the league. Nope. And all right, so I'm guessing you've seen the video by now. Yes. Yeah, I saw the video. What was your first reaction? It just it looks bad. It's just not a it's not a good look. Yeah, it's you know, a terrible look. It's it's not a good look. It's not we have to Times have changed. Absolutely. Times have changed and right or wrong, fair or foul. There was a there once upon a time there would you know there would be a cavalcade of people looking to defend, excuse, justify, whatever behavior like that. Mm-hmm. But that's you know, we're just not in that age anymore. Not far removed from Where, you know, so when I'm looking at this, I'm it's like for real. How do you, you know? You got to be kidding me, dude. Okay, you're absolutely right. It's a mm-hmm. terrible look. I don't think there's anything to debate about the fact that it's a terrible look. Shouldn't have. Had, it's not something he should have done. And we all recognize that the second the video comes out, mm-hmm. his NFL his NFL future becomes cloudy. Cloudy. Yes. But, well, one, I want to make an interesting distinction first, though. Okay. Because the NFL, as we all know, after the Ray Rice debacle, instituted a domestic violence policy. I believe it's a minimum of six games automatic for domestic violence incidents. Now... Shout out to my sister, 
My sister is a family lawyer in the city of New York. And the one thing she made clear to me going back to the Joe Mixon situation, and it is a similar thing that would apply to the Kareem Hunt situation, there is a big difference between domestic violence and simple assault. This, from all we know, is a case of simple assault. It is not a domestic violence situation. Domestic violence actually involves two people who are in a domesticated, cohabitating type relationship. Mm -hmm. Assault is just two people getting in a fight. Or so we're walking down the street, I punch you. That's assault. But that doesn't qualify as domestic violence. So the question then becomes, is the NFL just going to say six games for assault? Or are they going to say this is domestic violence, which it's not? Or are they going to say six games for assault against a woman? And if, we're, if it's about just doing the right thing, then yeah. Assault against a woman is especially wrong. Mm -hmm. However, legally, I, I simply wonder whether Kareem Hunt will have any ground to stand on as far as that is concerned. Because legally, it well, first of all, legally, the police determined that they could not be certain a crime was committed and no charges were filed which is why this incident happened in February, but we're just finding out about it because someone got the hold of the video. Mm. So if Kareem Hunt were to appeal, well, assuming the NFL decides to suspend him, which is typically the way things go, they come down heavy-handed, and then the appeal process happens. So assuming Kareem Hunt decides to appeal whatever penalty he gets, mm. do you expect to see him what do you expect to see happen? He'll get another job. He'll get another job. He'll get another job. So you ex fully expect to see yes. him back in the league. Kareem Hunt will play football again. Okay. I, I, I've heard all the, the comparisons mm -hmm. and people trying to draw you know, parallels in this case. And, of course, you know the number one name you're going to hear is Ray Rice. And I think there are distinct differences that make Kareem Hunt not Ray Rice. Okay. Biggest difference is age. Uh, he still has value yes, to the he league. He still has value to the league. All right. Unfortunately. It's a business. I th it's a business, and I feel like there's a reality to this that people wish were different, mm -hmm. but it's not. Like, people want so badly for the NFL to be this moral compass that is just not, you know, and I think like what Kareem Hunt did was wrong. And mm -hmm. I think there are people who expect the NFL to kind of to right the wrong. And they're not going to. Let's see, I'm, I'm glad you say this. I, 
because that that's something I have thought myself for a long time is that when things like this happen, mm-hmm. we react to say we want the NFL to correct society's issues, yes. correct yes. our problems. And one, the NFL is here to make money, not to be. NFL is a business. They're not here to be our moral compass. Not they're at not, all. They're not here to be the standard bearers for behavior in society. Now, as much as we like to say that they are and they have these responsibilities and all these other things, their real responsibility is to their stockholders. Now, that being said, we also have to look at with the NFL. Question that I, I heard posed is... Do we, and I'll I'll be tread carefully with how I say this, Mm -hmm. do you think that the nature of the game of football tends to lend itself towards personality types who are more likely to be violent and act out in a violent way, considering that this is something you see far more frequently in football than you do in other major pro sports leagues. I think football, like a lot of, like life, Mm -hmm. without the proper guidance, without proper preparation, it, it can be dangerous. Okay. I, there are plenty, you know, there are way, it, with situations like this, it's easy to take situations like this and kind of try and use it to paint a picture of, you know, to kind of okay, paint well, the entire picture. All right, well, okay. let me be clear just okay. on the question for okay. a second. I'm not saying did football make the guys no, violent. Oh, no, no, no. I'm asking is the nature of the sport, it is a violent sport. Mm. So with the nature of the sport being what it is, I'm asking simply, do you think it attracts people who have violent tendencies and violent personalities? Does it invite them? No. I don't I don't believe that it invites them. But I I think the nature of the sport mm-hmm. the nature of the sport and people who are not people who are unwilling or maybe unprepared to separate the two Mm -hmm. to know when it's time, you know, what is work and what is life, you know? So you don't think the sport just attracts brutes who like to hit stuff. I think. No, you know what? I will say no. Okay. No. All right. Now I asked that question. From a perspective, I was I I dabbled on the football field a little bit, okay, but yep. not my my primary sport was basketball or mm. track, the quote unquote non contact sports, <laughs> and that was because, as was the case with most of the guys I played with on the basketball court, mm-hmm. they didn't like the physicality of football. Mm-hmm. Most of them were clearly athletic enough that they could have played football had they chose to but they didn't like the physicality and violence of the game. Whereas the guys who played football 
tend to look forward to getting a chance to hit something. Mm -hmm. So that was why I asked the question. And with the repeated conditioning throughout all the years in the sport, if something's a problem, hit it. Mm -hmm. That's so. So the question is: Is that something that is that we're able to just shut off when you leave the court? That side of your personality when you leave the field. I'm not that guy anymore. I think. Well, I think it's all in how you how you define yourself, and a lot of like that's in how you define yourself, and a lot of how you choose to define yourself is the people you surround your, yourself with, mm -hmm. the people you allow to teach yourself, the people you who you allow, you know, to influence you. You know, I think there there are probably twice as many examples of people who've had some semblance of proper guidance around them okay, to keep them from falling into the pitfalls than there are people who fell into the pitfalls because they had improper people surrounding them. But the problem is when the people fall, when they fall into pitfalls, their story, they're, they're the ones that are all over, you know, Mm -hmm. all over the, uh, the TV. You know, all the members of the Chiefs that went to, you know, all, all the Chiefs who didn't hit women aren't on, you know, that, aren't on, t aren't on TMZ. It's one out of 53. Yeah, one out of 53. So you got 52 examples of men who can keep their hands to themselves. But what do you see on TMZ? What have you seen on TM TMZ almost every day for almost a week? The one guy who hit who hit the woman. Mm -hmm. You know, and... and, and but... You know, I, I guess, you know, that's not to say every other member of the Chiefs is a quote-unquote good person. But nonetheless, you know, it people have enough common sense to not put their hands on women. You know? Oh, you, you absolutely cannot put your hands on women. No. You, I mean, mm -hmm. That's not something we're ever going to have to agree to disagree on. We exactly. just flat out no, agree yeah, on that one. Yeah, you don't put your hands on women. Mm -hmm. And I don't Except want to hug and kiss and, you know, do the wrong in a violent stuff. manner. Yeah, you don't okay, put your hands yeah, on yeah, women. Yeah. I don't. So I don't want anyone to think that the discussion we're having is in any way justify what he, he did. His no, actions no, were. No, no. What he did was. Yeah. What he did was unjustifiable. It's not. I mean, what, it, it should go without saying, but I understand why you, we, you have to say it. Yeah. But that being said, it's what we're what I'm asking now is simply more a matter of. Why does this seem to be something that happens so frequently in football? And I understand your point, and I do. I think it's a legitimate point that it's fifty-three man teams. It's one out of fifty-three, mm -hmm. but it still seems to be happening at a higher rate than in other sports. Well, I think honestly, more more than just the sport lending itself to violent people. Mm -hmm. I think the sport combined with you know other social factors kind of lends itself to entitlement okay you know when you when you have people a lot of people who might have come up hearing no their whole life and you're finally in a position where everyone around you is saying yes Mm -hmm. You know, when you come across that person who still says no, you know, it's it kind of triggers things. 
and it's like I feel, and I don't want to feel. I, I feel like when, every time you try to make a point to explain it, <laughs> you know, you you're finding yourself going back to trying to. It's a sensitive yeah, subject yeah, we're discussing a, right yeah, now. Yeah, definitely. But I because I just feel like I feel like you know what. You, you're looking, you know, at you know at the at the very root of the problem. You have somebody just handling a situation as poor as poor can be. You know, mm-hmm. you can't handle a situation any poorer than Kareem Hunt handled this situation. And you know, may is is it the violent nature of football? Maybe. You know, is it a sense of entitlement? Here's somebody coming at you wrong and you feel like, you know, you're important enough that you just, you're too important to walk away. Mm-hmm. You're too important to turn the other cheek. You know, it's like there's so many different factors involved in this as to why this happens. And it's like. And there's also, I think, in addition to the factors you just named that are all, it's possible that it's a combination of all those. There's also something culturally that we see a lot with. African Americans, especially African American men, we feel the need in many cases to prove something to others when mm-hmm. we feel quote unquote disrespected. Mm-hmm. As a, it's our place to correct someone for mm-hmm. doing something we feel was out of line or inappropriate to a level or a status we feel we've attained. Mm-hmm. And that's not always a good way to react either. And, no, no, no. and of course, I don't know Kareem Hunt. I don't, and I don't know what happened prior to the beginning of the video. Because yeah. you've but, heard, you've heard so many, you've heard different stories, different mm-hmm. angles. I've heard things like, uh, like the woman used uh, racially charged right, language and mm-hmm. was call, you know, calling them epitaphs and slurs and all that. And then he finally flipped. And it's like there's, there's, you can't, you can't defend that either but in the end it still comes back to the fact that you put your hands on her okay so we got about two minutes left in this segment now so here's my another question okay and you know i like to play devil's advocate sometimes if if that were a man using racially charged language and such would you feel okay with kareem hunt punching him in the face or kick throwing him down and kicking him I, unfortunately, fortunately, however you look at it, I think if that was a man, this whole conversation would be different. You know, I think, I think, mm-hmm. uh, uh, especially going back to how this conversation started, when we talked about the rules and or whatever mm-hmm. that go on with this, you said that, that this is a case, you know, the difference between domestic, domestic violence, violence and, and assault. simple assault. And which is the reason I posed this yeah, question because now. It, because honestly... Because legally what he yeah, did... Was assault. Was assault. Yes. Legally no different than had it been a man. Mm-hmm. It's, according to the law, it shouldn't be mm-hmm. considered any different. Yeah, because I th- I think in the end, you're... I, I think in the end, it's and it's just the way of the world. You know, it's like you... If this the difference between him hitting a man and him hitting a woman is going from something that's unfortunate that shouldn't happen mm-hmm. and something that's just incredibly heinous. Okay. Hitting a woman, you know, hitting a woman makes it heinous. You know, whether that's the way it should be or whatever, that's an argument for a different time. We only have fifty six <laughs> minutes on this show. But the fact of the matter is, it's like, look, you didn't hit a man, you hit mm-hmm. a woman. And 
to me, it's like now you're this invites the slippery slope because just like you said, to you know, to to the letter, out of definition, mm-hmm. this is assault, not domestic violence. But the fact still remains is the world saw you on videotape hitting a woman. So the world, the the verbiage that mm-hmm. the world is using is, is domestic, domestic violence. violence. And you also play into the fact that there are a lot of people who feel like celebrities, public figures or whatever, you know, get away with things. Mm-hmm. So say he does not get suspended six games for domestic violence and he gets two games for simple assault or one game. You're going to hear people saying, oh, he got off scot-free. Oh, here's another NFL player who bought his way out of trouble and, you know, and, and, and things like that. Imagine some NFL PR guy trying to stand in front of the mic explaining the difference between, between uh, assault exactly. and yes. domestic violence. Because, because in the end, yes. That wouldn't you're, fly yes, well at all. Yes, you're, you're, going to try and tell, you're, you're going to tell a bunch of women, yeah, oh, I, I understand that we all saw him hit and kick a woman. But that wasn't domestic violence. <laughs> yeah, good luck with that. Yeah, I don't think that'll go over too well. Yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> All right, so I think we're going to have to agree to agree on this one. Okay. It, what he did is just unacceptable oh. any way you cut it. Any way and you cut it, but in the end, he's going to get another job. Okay. He'll be back. He'll be back. He'll be, in fact, he'll be back in, he'll be back in the league in two seasons at the most, if he's not back on another team next season. Okay, real quick, on the way out this segment, mm-hmm. would you take him on your team? Yes or no? I would take him on my team after he after the entire legal situation is over. Okay. If it, if it, once it all once it all pl- plays out, it all has yes to play or no. Out. You, you yes, ta- you yes, would take. Yes, him. I would take him after it's all over. All right, there we go. All right, more after this. Agree to disagree. Mike Jones, John Brown. We'll be right back. The opinions and views expressed on Agree to Disagree are certainly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network or NBC Sports Radio. All right, everybody, we are back. Good conversation, the first first segment. As good as you can have on a conversation. On a topic like that, yeah. Yeah. But there is actual football to talk about, though. The season is still going on. Yes. And while we're on the subject of the Chiefs, okay, they are actually still playing football this year. Yes, they are leading the AFC with a ten and two record. Mm-hmm. Andy Reid has, whether or not it's deserved, a reputation of finding a way to underachieve in December and January, mm-hmm. and now the team has lost Kareem Hunt. Their star running back. What do you think? Well, what do you expect to see from the Chiefs on the field going forward in this from this point on? Unfortunately, the Chiefs haven't given me much of a reason to think they won't end the season the way they've ended seasons. Pretty much the entire Andy Reid era. You know, I I, I look at the record. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and there are a lot of reasons to believe in them. You know, Patrick Mahomes is, uh, he seems to be. He looks like the real deal. Yeah, the re- he, he, he looks for real. He looks the part. You know, they still got, you know, they still got weapons around them. Mm-hmm. Still got a pretty decent defense. You know, there's no reason to to think that they aren't for real. 
but history tells you otherwise. The, the only, it's like you can sit here and say, all right, let me pull out my little pad and pen, you know, take it to the old school and write down, you know, you could check off all the things that, that the Chiefs have in their favor. Mm-hmm. And, you're, and there's a lot of checks. Only check against them, history. History. What will it take for me to not think that the Chiefs will falter in the playoffs? That would be the Chiefs not faltering in the playoffs. So what you're saying is regardless of what they look like this year, your past experiences with the Chiefs and with Andy Reid teams I need to see, I, won't allow you yeah, to have confidence I need to in see Andy Reid hoisting the Lombardi Trophy in something other than a dream. So I need to Until react. you see it, you have no confidence, no, Andy. There's Reed. no reason to. At this point in time, it's like, look, history says, you know what? The Chiefs will not be there. The Patriots will. That's what history tells me. There's so many. The his, Chiefs have weapons. Mm-hmm. Chiefs have youth. Mm-hmm. They got speed they everywhere. They got speed everywhere. They got, you know. There's so many quarterback reasons. Quarterback would make all yes. the throws and yes. he can move. Over the- yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. There's nothing. Yeah. No reason not to believe. Yeah. But you know what? The backup running back, Spencer Ware, is actually serviceable. Yes. He's not a bad football not player. A, I'll take him. Better than, better than the running backs on my team. So it has nothing to do with X's and O's. No football no. reasons history. why you don't believe. History. Simply History. History. Completely based on history. I need to see differently. I need to see something different. I to it's going to it, unfortunately that's the way of the world. I think now in the post Peyton Manning era, mm-hmm. in the post Peyton Manning NFL, I need in order for me to think that the New England Patriots will not be the represent the representative of the AFC in the Super Bowl, I need to see a different representative in the Super Bowl other than the Patriots. I mean, it has happened a couple times yeah, it, over it, it, it has. Steelers have gotten there. Steelers have gotten there. Ravens have gotten there. Mm-hmm. You know, it's happened. It happens. But, so, I, I, I so mean. you don't I'm, trust the Texans? No. Well, I don't trust the Chargers either. No. Oh, oh there's no re- look. There's let me no. let me tell you something about the San Diego Chargers. The Steelers. Or, are excuse me, not the San Diego, the, the Los, Los Angeles, Angeles Chargers. Whatever. Philip Rivers is probably the greatest fantasy football quarterback of all time. Philip Rivers will go into the fantasy football Hall of Fame because he will get you points all season long. He will lead your team to a championship year in and year out. In the fantasy. In fantasy. <laughs> and then by week 16 or 17 of the actual real regular season and into the playoffs when you don't care about Phillip Rivers anymore mm-hmm. and the only people that care about Phillip Rivers are Chargers fans, that's when he fails. That's when he's not delivering in the playoffs. He'll deliver you a championship. If you if you have a fan, look, I challenge anybody to tell me, like, Find me that person. Is usually over by week fourteen or fifteen. Yeah, look, so. I mean, are, do you have a team this year? I have a couple. Okay, I got one team this year. We're starting our playoffs this year. I'm bummed because Emmanuel Sanders just went down. All right, that's not what I needed to hear. But you know, it's it's whatever, whatever. Philip Rivers. I've had Philip Rivers on many a team since my whole <laughs> life in, in my fantasy football life. Mm-hmm. Since he got to the league, since he since since San Diego 
now Los Angeles, traded away Drew Brees and handed the keys over to Phillip Rivers. I've been winning chips behind Drew uh, Phillip Rivers, Rivers for years. <laughs> and when I don't need him anymore, mm-hmm. and the people who need him are actual Phillip Rivers fans and Chargers fans, he's out there letting them dudes down. All right. So I don't believe in the I say all that to say I do not believe in the Chargers. <laughs> I believe in the Patriots. So when it comes to the AFC, the Patriots. So while we're talking about teams that have talented quarterbacks mm-hmm. that that we don't expect to be able to get it done, mm-hmm. I have to ask, what's going on in Green Bay? What's going on? Well, what's going on in Green Bay? Well, I'll tell you what. Mike McCarthy Mike just McCarthy, lost his job. Mike, Yo, they gave they got they brought Mike McCarthy in there and once again gave him that KRS one concert. It's like Mike, do you ever think about when you out of here? That's what they said to him. They hit him with that Craig Beck. They said, Hey Mike, you won't be around next year. <laughs> That's what they told him. You won't be around next year. I think one one, they just gave Aaron Rodgers a boatload of money. They did. They gave him a lot, a, a, a lot of money, and richest contract exactly. in NFL history. You don't make look when you, when you pay somebody that type of money, mm-hmm. you better be on his good side. You can't be on you can't be on the bad side of the highest paid player in the league. So, and, and apparently there were some difficulties between the two of them. They've been working together for years, but you see things this year like the Bills lose to the Packers in a game, and in the post-game, Aaron Rodgers is criticizing the play caller. Something seems wrong, or you're criticizing your own coach after a win. But, and this is a big, big butt. Big butt. I like big butts, and I cannot lie. Ah. Kind of. <laughs> I thought that's where you were going to go. It's, that's one of them things where it's like you see where it's going. And <laughs> you know it's going there, but it's still funny. <laughs> and it still catches you off guard. I still wasn't ready. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. But anyway, the big butt here is this. You said it yourself just now. Aaron Rodgers makes $35 million a year. How you going to pay anybody else? Exactly. How you going to pay anybody else? How you going to pay anybody else and you got to sell them on Green Bay? I got to sell them on Green Bay. And I can't pay him but so much because my quarterback is at almost – Makes all the He's at almost 20% of the cap. Mm -hmm. There have been five guys who have ever won Super Bowls higher than 10%, and they're all-time greats. Mm -hmm. Not to say – that he's not in the caliber of quarterback they are, but the highest ever to do it was at 12% of the salary cap. And that was Steve Young in 1994, the first year the salary cap existed. And they were already had a preloaded team in San Francisco. So to, sit, to try to think that you're going to reset the market and be competitive at the same time, not likely. There's a reason they cut your favorite receivers. There's a reason you don't have they don't bring in any studs to ever come along and play with you. You just financially can't do it. Aaron Rodgers will sell tickets. He'll keep you on national TV four or five times games a year at least. And 
you'll usually at least be in the playoff race, although they're looking like they're going to miss it for the second straight year. Mm-hmm. They'll usually at least be competitive. But that being said, let's look at it this way. You make $35 million. I make $15 million. Sign me up. Just, you make $35 million, I make $15 million. Okay. And you're 10% better than me. Mm-hmm. But you make 130% more than me. By the time we fill out the roster, rest of the roster, excuse me, I doubt that that even though you're 10% better than me, I doubt that it's enough to make up for the talent gap that the rest of the roster will have because of the extra $20 million I have available to me mm-hmm. in a league where the average salary is less than $1 million a year. Brian Gutenkunst? I don't know how you pronounce his name. He's the general manager of mm-hmm. the Green Bay Packers. He's the one I think should have been fired. Yeah, okay. But he, it's here's the thing. The point that you made is valid. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to try and build a winner, you have to have – if you're going to build a winner around a quarterback who has paid that much money, you better draft out of your mind every, every year. year. Every year, if you have let's say you have one pick every round, you get seven picks on. At, you, sp- you you need at least four of them. At least, at least four, four at to least hit four. every year. You need, in fact, I always say you know when you're you need bona fide day one starters in round one and round two. Mm-hmm. Round three and four, you need good depth guys who will soon become everyday starters. And then you need maybe one or, you know, a, a fifth, the sixth, seventh, you know, somebody to just hit. Mm-hmm. You know, if you can luck out, find yourself uh, an undrafted rookie who, you know, plays out of his mind, good. But your GM has to do work. That's how he you turn it around. If you out here, you got first, if you out here paying your QB that much money, and you got first-round busts, that's a problem. And the Packers historically are not a team that does a lot in the free agency. No. They, over their history, have been notorious for sticking to a draft-and-develop type of system Mm -hmm. rather than looking to make the impact free agent signing. Mm -hmm. Truth be told, over the last 30 years – almost 30 years I can think of two or three real impact signings they've made in free agency probably dating back to Reggie White was Reggie White one of them? Reggie White to one of them Mm -hmm. Julius Peppers Mm -hmm. Jimmy Graham Mm -hmm. those other than that I don't remember any real big names going to Green Bay in free agency nope you gotta draft guys you gotta draft guys Mm -hmm. and that I mean you know, it, it's hard. It is hard. You know, and that's why, you know, you see these teams and you know that they the window is small when you have a young quarterback. 
because you know eventually if you have a young quarterback and he's the truth, he'll become a veteran quarterback. A veteran quarterback, and his bank account will be the truth. Exactly. (laughs) You know, case in point, Baltimore Ravens with Joe Mm -hmm. Flacco. Joe Flacco was good enough to win on his rookie deal. Yep. You can keep a good team around him. Mm -hmm. You give him $20 million, he's not $20 million good. Yeah. The hit that roster takes in talent is apparent when you give him that kind of money. Next contestant will be Carson Wentz. Mm-hmm. You know, and and but I don't and I don't want to say single out Joe Flacco either. That's no. just, that's something that's a trend that's no. noticeable with almost every quarterback. Mm-hmm. You get the big contract, the team takes a hit. And the same was actually even true for Tom Brady, who had a nice little gap drought of winning Super Bowls until he took a pay cut. Mm-hmm. It's just the way the, the league works, mm-hmm. yet people so you, keep resetting the market. Do you see Aaron Rodgers doing that at some point in time? Taking a pay cut? Mm-hmm. No. You don't think he, he's, you don't think he Aaron Rodgers has been a starter for 10 years. He, start, he became the Packers starter in 2008. Okay. He was in the league for th- three or four years prior to that already. Mm-hmm. He's about to be 36 years old. If he were going to take a pay cut, this would have been the time. This would have been the year, the time he did it. He reset the market instead. When he, when this contract's over, he'll be forty. At that point, who cares what he does with his contract? Chances are he's not the standard anymore. So, to, short answer: No, I don't see Aaron Rodgers ever taking a pay cut. Which means they. I, that GM's got his work cut out for him until then. You better – he has to be Barry Bonds with his – just <laughs> stepping up to the plate, just hitting home runs. Every time. Every time. Every time, dude. It's crazy. It's crazy. <sighs> yeah, so, I mean, you get your $35 million, mm-hmm. but probably don't get any more rings. So let me ask you this then. All right. You see his situation. Mm-hmm. Does this does his situation take Aaron Rodgers out of best quarterback in the game conversation? Because there there are people who compare Aaron Rodgers to Brady. I think Brady okay. Brady is either the goat or this guy sit, standing next to the goat. I will answer that question like this: If okay. we're talking about on field ability, Aaron Rodgers is one of, if not the best I've ever seen. Best if, you've ever seen, not best of all time. I've ever seen. Okay. I I can't speak. And I've seen going back to Joe Montana and, and those guys, mm-hmm. Elway, Marino. I've, I've yes. saw all those yes. guys. Yes. On the field, Aaron Rodgers physically is and mentally being able to diagnose a defense is right up there best I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. That being said, Tom Brady – commitment to winning Mm -hmm. is the best I've ever seen. And that is the difference. Physical ability versus commitment to winning. Tom Brady could easily reset the quarterback market every year he wanted to. Mm -hmm. He chose not to. He chose not to. He he restructures his deal and basically takes pay cuts every year. Mm -hmm. So you can go to the Super Bowl and then come back to the offseason with $50 million in cap space rather than go to the Super Bowl and come back shedding contracts because you don't know how you're going to pay everybody. Because mm. the one thing, it does two things. It gives you that extra $20 million that you're not paying your quarterback, and it also sets a standard where if I'm not resetting the rock, 
resetting the market for my best player, mm -hmm. the most valuable player, I'm not resetting the market for anybody else either. Mm -hmm. So it keeps the entire team's worth of contracts in line, mm -hmm. not just the one player. So from that perspective, I would say Tom Brady is more committed to winning. Now, many people will say not everybody has the luxury of Tom Brady having a wife who makes more money than him. That may be a factor. Mm. I'm not going to say it's not. But if we're talking about winning and doing any, and guys always say, I only want to win. I would play the game for free. I just want to. That, that's it, a, that's, that's the talk lie. you always hear. That's a lie. If, that's a, you, know, well, you know what? Those are the people that are being those 30, 30 specials about being broke. Mm -hmm. You know, and and, un <laughs> and unfortunately, it's like you see it every day. It's like we all know the we we all know the situation with the NFL and not having guaranteed contracts. And you see people with you know career threatening injuries. You know, and and there's a small window in the NFL. It's probably smaller than any other sport to get your money. Mm -hmm. You you're put you're probably you're. You know, between football and hockey, probably the most, you know, physically draining you know, sports. Mm, absolutely. And with hockey, though, there's guaranteed, you know, they're guaranteed contracts. You know, you, you get yourself, you get yourself big money in hockey, you set for life. You get yourself a baseball contract. That's right. You set for your life and your kid's life. Mm -hmm. Bobby Benet is still getting paid by the net Mets. <laughs> Bobby Benia played. I, I watched Bobby Benia play when I was in high school. I'm a grown man with a child in high school, and Bobby Benia is still getting paid by the Mets. Exactly. You know, it's like you want to. People want to hate on what Le'Veon Bell's doing. Unfortunately, Le'Veon Bell's probably you know he's looking out for self because no one else will. Is he? He just gave up 15, 15 mil this year. Yeah, but you know, what's what's he going to get in the long run? That, that remains to be seen because I don't see anybody paying fifteen mil a year for a running back. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, we'll see. But I, I mean, I think honestly, but had he come back and played, then he's getting up. You know, had he got, you know, say he went out like uh uh, was it, uh, Earl Thomas, mm -hmm. Emmanuel Sanders. You know, what then? What's he getting? Then what happens? He's sitting in my basement doing podcasts with us. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's just the, that's the reality of it. That is that is the tr the truth. Mm -hmm. But that being said, same thing could happen next year. True, or any other year. Yeah, and the beast. having sat out for a year, having established for yourself a reputation where people may actually want to call you selfish now. You might not be people. Teams might not even be looking at you like a guy who's worth fifteen million, especially when you look at the results that a backup running back no one's ever heard of has gotten in that system this year as well. Yeah, he's looked good in that system. So you start wondering how much of it was the system, how much of it was Le'Veon. We will soon see. We will soon see. I mean, I I think. He went to extreme measures to protect his investment. He's taking a huge bet on himself. But 
unfortunately, I mean, I I think that just you know, time. I guess time will tell to see what kind, what type of choice he made. But I think it's one that, if it pays off, if Levy, if somebody pays Le'Veon the money that he wants next season, mm-hmm. I think more people will follow suit. Now here's my here's the last question I'm, okay. on on this subject at least. Considering the success you've seen of from young run, running backs over the last couple of years, mm-hmm. some drafted first round, some drafted third or fourth round. Guys like Leonard Fournette, Saquon Barkley, Ezekiel Elliott, Todd Gurley, Kareem Hunt, Alvin Kamara. I could go on. Young running backs for cheap. And they seem to be in abundance. Joe Mixon, another one. Guys that can play football. Why would I spend $15 million on a running back when they seem to be readily available? See, here's the problem. I want you to think about where you're coming from, from with that question. That is a question just reeking with common sense. <laughs> And the problem is, unfortunately, in NFL front offices, when you're talking about general managers and teams and things like that, there isn't a lot of common sense. So, yeah, you know what? Reality would tell you, hey, man, why would I give a, you know, when you can when you can pound the pavement, hit these uh, hit these college all-star games, watch some tape, find yourself a young run, running back exactly. who can get you yards on the a rookie deal. Yeah, you know, that makes a whole lot of sense. But on the flip side, there's going to be GMs that say, hey, you know what? For years, Le'Veon Bell was the truth. Was it the uh, system or was it Le'Veon? I don't know. I just know he's out there and I got this money. Let me give it to him. <laughs> and, and, and and you sit there and you, you listen to me because you you know that there's a good chance that I'm right. You know what? Yes, I'm, I mean, I'm not denying that mm-hmm. someone will give it to him. Mm-hmm. I'm asking what sense does it make to give it to it him? It doesn't. But honestly, what did I tell you? It's not a lot of common sense. No, it doesn't make sense. I, I'm not, you know, if you're asking me what sense does it make, none. Absolutely none. The case you made is a good one. The case you made makes a lot of sense to me. But honestly, there's going to be a there's going to be a GM that says, "Hey, man, we're struggling to run the ball. There's a good running back out here, out of work, and I got money that's not mine. Let me give it to him." I hear you. I just am one who's never, when it comes to team building, mm-hmm. I'm never a fan of overpaying any player. I don't care what the position is, what the impact of the player is. I'll trade him before I overpay him. Mm-hmm. That's well, just that's just me if I were the GM. Co- coming from me in my history of being broke, I don't want to overpay for anything. <laughs> However, you know when you're sitting here, when you you know if I was in a position where I was readily spending some billionaire's money, I might think differently. Because in the end, these GMs are paid for for the bottom line and not necessarily the financial bottom line, the bottom line of winning. And if they're sitting there saying, hey, you know what? We need to win. Why aren't we winning? Because we can't run the ball. Well, why can't we run the ball? You know, who can you get me that can run the ball? Here's a guy who's unemployed and I got money to pay him. 
But a $15 million running back with no offensive line in front of him can't run either. Okay. Now, I mean, you're, now, you're right. Now you're if right. I'm, and if I'm paying him $15 million, where's the O-line coming from? Now, with that being said, we got to get out to our last break so we can get back up, wrap the show. One more segment after these messages. Agree to disagree. John Brown, Mike Jones, be right back. The opinions and views expressed on Agree to Disagree are strictly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network or NBC Sports Radio. All right, everybody, we are back for our final segment here on Agree to Disagree. What a good time this morning. Now, we got last subject we're going to get into today. So why don't you go ahead and bring us in? All right, well, look. What are you our, thinking? Our, our team of choice, mm-hmm. you know, the, the team that we, that we are both fans of, Philadelphia Eagles got a much-needed double on Monday when they beat the Washington Redskins. During that game, the Redskins' second-string quarterback, who is now their starting quarterback, Colt McCoy, breaks his leg. Out for the season, Mark Sanchez is now the guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, came out this week that the team discussed possibly bringing in Colin Kaepernick. They did not. Uh, they went in another direction. Now, I, I, they just went in another direction. Now, you know, you hear you, you hear a bunch of reasons, you know, in the. I guess as far as hearsay and rumor or whatever of why they would or would not go in a go in a direction like that. Mm-hmm. And you know, of course, the number one reason that most people will say is because of his lawsuit against the league and his stance. Uh, his stance during. Uh, for, his stance against uh, social injustice. I but, would go a different way. Okay. I would ask a simple question. Mm-hmm. Is he really that good? And here's here's what I mean. When I say is he that good, I'm is he good enough to throw into the Redskins offense in the middle of a season where they'll have to tr- probably shift everything they do. He has no chemistry or timing with anyone on the offense and expect it to work. I will say this. I will an- to answer your question. Honestly, yes. And well, I, you know what? Yes, he's as good as any other quarterback that they have that is available. Because in in the end, right now their starting quarterback is Mark Sanchez, Mm -hmm. who they just signed off the street Mm -hmm. maybe a week or so ago, who's been out of the league now for as long as Colin Kaepernick's been out of the league. And Sanchez also has familiarity with some of the coaches from his time with the Jets. Maybe, maybe not. Or I should say, he has some familiarity, mm-hmm. but Sanchez was also, you know, talking about, not, you know, being the new kid after the game. And oh, he is not the new in, kid. You know, he has like the same thing I just said with Kaepernick. Mm-hmm. He has to learn his teammates. He has to learn timing. Mm-hmm. He has to learn the playbook. To me, these well, are a lot of things you have to I learn. Think, well, you know, I think Colin Kaepernick is a more talented quarterback than Mark Sanchez. I'll give you that. So I think his talent level makes up for. I think he I think he his talent level makes up for Mark Sanchez's famil- familiarity with the system. Yes, Mark Sanchez might be more familiar with the system because of his history. Mm-hmm. But I think Colin Kaepernick is a more talented quarterback. Okay. Now let's and talk I, about t- Colin Kaepernick as a quarterback. Okay. Do you think he's 
good from the pocket. Think he's good enough? It was never his strength. Hmm? It was never his strength. Okay. He's also not extremely good Is at he, making t- touch throws. And I won't say he was inaccurate, but he wasn't the most accurate either. Mm-hmm. So, I, and, we're, and we're looking at a Redskins offense that was designed for Alex Smith. Mm-hmm. It was designed for a guy who's repetitively accurate. Mm-hmm. To borrow a phrase from a guy whose name but, I refuse but, to yeah. mention, but that that's still the same Alex Smith that got benched for Colin Kaepernick back in San Francisco, though, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, then. So here's the thing: now, I, the, now, the same now, Alex Smith who was 14 and two when he got benched for Colin Kaepernick in San Francisco. It's not like he was playing badly. Yeah, and the but, same but, Alex Smith who got benched but, for him and then went to San. Kansas City and played very well there as well. It's not like I we're mean, talking about a bad I quarterback. I, I understand, but once again, let's 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 once again let's throw up the air quotes about what's very good because how did all those seasons in Kansas City end? Mm-hmm. Did any of them end in the conference championship? No. Did any of those end with a playoff? Win? I mean, how many playoff wins does Alex Smith have? San Francisco, I believe he got one. He, San Francisco, I believe he got one. Actually, didn't they go to a conference championship the year before they went to the Super Bowl? That, yes, they okay. went to a conference championship the year prior okay. to going to the so Super that's, Bowl. Okay, so so that gives you one, maybe two wins. Mm-hmm. One, maybe two wins. All right, there you go. There you have it. But nonetheless, when you're pretty much the same as what Kaepernick did, is it? Mm-hmm. I don't know. He had one good playoff run. That playoff run, but I'm saying yeah, I'll one take good a, playoff run. One playoff run that ended in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm, where he lost. He didn't mm-hmm. win it. I understand he didn't win it, but it, he didn't, losing it wasn't and, on him. And, and getting there wasn't on him either. A lot of that was the defense. A lot of that was the defense, but he still made but, but he still made a lot of plays. I mean, that was that I mean that's let's let's not I, that defense was good. That defense was very good, but let, let's not make Colin Kaepernick out to be Trent Dilfer out here. I, I didn't say he was. No, no, I understand. No, but, I understand, but, but, but I, I feel cl- like. But let's but be clear. I feel like people. When he people, wasn't Joe Montana. Out he wasn't. There no, he wasn't Joe Montana. But I'm saying that there's a big look. Look at the two quarterbacks that we just we just mentioned. We're talking Joe. We're talking about Joe Montana mm-hmm. and Trent Dilfer. There's a lot I, I, but, in between. But there, when you though. go, when you say he's not Trent Dilfer. I yeah. gotta make sure we we keep it. Yeah, I understand. But I'm, I'm no, no, I understand. We don't have to go that far to extreme. You don't gotta be Joe Montana, but he has. But I'm saying he's a lot. When people wait, why do we always come up with these things? See, ah, I should have said this to you about an hour ago. I should have threw this out there before we were out here wasting time with Kareem Hunt. <laughs> but it's all good. Bottom line is, I feel like Colin Kaepernick's better than every Redskin quarterback in my lifetime. I disagree. Okay, Be- and I disagree simply because there are a couple things. I think Colin Kaepernick has the physical talent to match anyone I've ever seen in the Redskins, but playing quarterback, as you know, is a lot more than just physical talent. Yeah. And, 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 that, and I, haven't, I just haven't seen them put it all together. In the end, you're not looking for a quarterback that's going to magically turn this, turn this season around because it might just be too late for the uh, Washington Redskins. But that's a, their but season do, doesn't need being turned around. They were 6-6. Six and six. They were the game six, out of first place. They six, just need somebody six, who can hold it together. I think I think Colin Kaepernick is the best. Then I think he's the best option to hold it together. If all you're looking for is a guy that's going to hold it together, I think Colin Kaepernick holds it together a lot better than Mark Sanchez or Josh Johnson or uh, Bobby Boucher or whoever they sign and bring in his quarterback. Well, we're just going to have to agree to disagree uh, on that see, one. See, there, there you go. We we needed to disagree <laughs> on something. There was way too much. There was way too much accord on this show. 
And with that, everyone, thanks for listening. We appreciate you, and we'll be with you again next week. Catch you next time. We're out. Listen live online. FreeAsianRadio.com